Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato, the great Mary Gamba. There, we're going to be joined by our good friend John Harmon from the uh, African American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey in just a moment. Mary, real quick, our sponsors are, and then we'll tell everyone where to find us. Sure, definitely. So first of all, I will start with where to find us, stand-deliver.com. We have a lot of great free resources up there, columns, articles, books, et cetera. And then our sponsors, thank you so much. We have Veolia, our newest sponsor. We have Seton Hall University and the Bacino Leadership Institute, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the North Ward Center, Delta Dental of New Jersey, uh, Kessler Foundation and Operating Engineers, Local 825. And if I missed anybody, I'm sorry, but I think that was all of them. This is too corny to be doing this, right? Like putting that up. It's just like, oh. <laughs> as long as money. you don't just start throwing the money, then we're good. Yeah, Mary, show me the money. What movie? <laughs> show me the money. That would be Jerry Maguire. Oh wow! Who said I do it? this all day? Keep who, going. Who, who said it? Uh, that would be Tom Cruise. It would be. Who was no, jo Oh, John you're right. John Harmon, who is a movie buff, in addition to being a great leader. Okay, John, who said it? Cuba Gooding Jr. Listen, we but in my defense, John, in my defense, Tom Cruise then did echo him saying it because I remember them screaming it back and forth at one another. So I'm yeah, happy. Right. And we will not talk about Cuba Gooding's most recent situations. <laughs> I'll leave it alone. <laughs> we're, listen, John Harmon came on to talk about serious business and we're screwing <laughs> around. I am. John Harmon yeah. is the founder and president and CEO of the African American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. Good to see you, my friend. I'm just delighted to be here. It's great to have you. And plug the program that you are very much a part of and host that is broadcast on NJPBS, our great partners in public broadcasting. Yes, Pathway to Success. It is every first Saturday at 9 a.m. NJTV and PBS. NJPBS, that's the old name, NJTV. We will not edit that out. That's okay. Hey, John, listen. Real quick, I'm curious about this. Everyone who comes on Lessons in Leadership, I, I want to understand more about not just what they do, but why they do what they do. Meaning, your approach to being the leader that you are, the greatest influences slash role models, uh, role models for you have been? There's a number of them, you know. Um, reading about Martin Luther King, you know, his book, Why We Can't Wait. I'm reading about um, Booker T. Washington um, when he established the Negro Business League, you know, 40 chapters between Maryland and Texas. There was a guy um, that I worked with at Chemical Bank and the Bowery Savings Bank named Hazel Jackson, who's um, just turned 90 years old. And uh, each of them, you know, from Dr. King, I think I, I gleaned from that inspiration, courage, um, servant leadership, um, focus, vision, perseverance, um, Booker T. Washington, and this kind of connects to diversity and inclusion, uh, a, a white guy pay for his education. And so, you know, uh, Barack Obama said, uh, the former president, no one's successful on their own. But Paisel Jackson, as a, a young guy from Trenton, uh, one of seven kids, um, no one in my family went to college. I happened to graduate, go and graduate college, but getting into banking at the early age, 23 years old, I saw this black man every day, well-groomed. And I, just from him, I learned how to dress. I learned how to conduct myself. And so 
there's always examples around that one could aspire to, but uh, it's never about you. I guess that's kind of my 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 final uh, note to that response to that question. So well said. Go ahead, Mary, because I know we want to talk about diversity, inclusion, its connection to leadership, and a whole range of other issues. Ahead, yeah, Mary. definitely, and that's one of them. Uh, John, I would love to get just get a little bit of perspective, especially in COVID times are tough. It's for small businesses in particular. Can you talk a little bit about how we can empower African American communities in particular when it comes to entrepreneurship and just going out there and maybe starting that business? Especially now, we're two and a half years. We're taping this at the uh, end of April, so just wanted to get your sense on that? No, I, I think the response from society as a whole post-George Floyd has been not only encouraging, but also a great opportunity. And, and the challenge is that there's still some, some individuals that don't believe this is real, right? And some believe that it's just for, for the moment. I can tell you unequivocally, it's, it's very real. Uh, we've uh, have received an unprecedented number of inquiries on a daily basis. A level of support has increased incrementally uh, on, a, on a monthly daily basis, so to speak. And so my, my word to my fellow brothers and sisters is, this is your opportunity to raise your hand. This is your opportunity to present your value proposition to society because uh, notwithstanding, perception still exists that Black people lack the wherewithal to do whatever. And it's up to us as, in response to that to demonstrate that that's, that's, that's a myth. Um, so that's kind of how we're dealing with it. You know, John, you just triggered something for me. As we're doing this program, as Mary said, the end of April 2022, be seen later. I'm a big sports fan, um, was a less than average football player in high school and college, but I'm obsessed by the NFL, not just sports, meaning football in the NFL, but also the business of the NFL. The issues as it relates to the lack of diversity, more specifically, the lack of head coaches who happen to be uh, African-American is what it is. Do you believe this is a leadership question? Right. Do you believe that a disproportionate, if not virtually all of the billionaires who own football teams, all of them except for one uh, being white, and the one who is not is not African-American, the one who is not white. Translation, do you think that there's an inherent assumption not stated mm -hmm. that black men and or women, but right now we're talking about men, uh, we're not convinced that they should be or could be leading our team? Never yeah. stated, John, never stated. Right. There's something going on here, because if you look at the data, right, um, if you look at the studies from Ernst & Young, which shows, you know, in terms of net income margins and profitability, uh, market penetration, sustainability, all those variables or metrics tend to lead someone to make a decision as it relates to business, right? And anecdotally, we see um, white coaches that have had losing seasons and still remain in the league. In, in this past few seasons, you've seen Blacks. They may not have um, won 100% of the games, but they won north of 50% of their games, which is thus a, a winning season, and still get fired. Um, and so, not to mention that 70% of the league, if not more, uh, African-American players. 
Absolutely. So at a minimum, to your point, Steve, the, the deeper look of reciprocity, right? There's equity coming from the contributions of the players. So those players who are largely black or brown learn from somebody. <laughs> and chances are, growing up in urban cities like Newark and Trenton and throughout America, Chicago, the coaches were black or brown. So there's something awry here. I'm hopeful yeah. that we will figure it out. Mary, last question for John Harmon. Yeah, what, what message do you have for our young adults, especially given what you just said in terms of having that courage to just rise up and say, yes, it is my time. What advice and uh, recommendation do you have for them when it comes to the leadership needed to do that? You know, the response with my time, you got to make sure that you have the goods, right? This is not an emotional situation. If you believe that you have the wherewithal, um, be it sports, be it business, you've done the homework, you, you know the ins and outs of the game or, or the vocation, and that you're willing to put yourself out there and compete, it, you should go for it. Um, most people that are successful, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of personal self-gratification as well as from a monetary perspective, or people who go out into entrepreneurship. People who have an idea and they see it through. And uh, I'll leave you with this. If, if this person has done it and you believe you can do it, I will assure you, you can do it as well. And John Harmon just doesn't say it. He's been living it for a long time. He is uh, a longtime friend of not just Lessons in Leadership, but you can follow, uh, look on steveoutabotter.org. That's our uh, not-for-profit, if you will, production company, the Caucus Educational Corporation. Check out past interviews with John. He is the founder, president, and CEO of the African American Chamber of Commerce. Their website, I know Sylvester in post-production will put up uh, John's website of the chamber. Hey, John, all the best. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, my friend. Same here. Thank you. Have a Same great you. day. Thank you. Thank you. Steve about Mary Gamba. That's John Harmon. Be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Most people don't think about where their water comes from, but we do. Veolia. More than water. Resourcing the world. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba, and we are honored to welcome for the first time on Lessons in Leadership, Dr. Nicole Harris Hollingsworth, Vice President, Social Determinants of Health, Population Health Administration, Hackensack Meridian Health. Good to see you, doctor. It's, I'm glad to be here. 
Um, I want to, I don't want people to assume that people know exactly what social determinants of health are. We've done a lot of programming on our, on our public broadcasting side, but tell us what that is and we'll connect it to leadership, please. Sure. Social determinants of health are all of the things in someone's environment, everything from housing to food access to transportation and many others uh, that impact how healthy someone can be. Uh, so they're all of the things that are not clinical, uh, but that have a definitive impact on someone's life. Your passion for this work comes from where? I grew up in a community where uh, those needs weren't being met in a way uh, by individuals who were compassionate and sensitive to it. Uh, oftentimes people were uh, told that they were being non-compliant or didn't want to help themselves when in reality they were late to an appointment because they missed the bus because they couldn't drive uh, or you know they didn't have good nutrition uh, because they didn't have access to healthy supermarkets. And so I really wanted to change those things in the environments that I lived in. Uh, and as a profession, it allows me to help not only myself, but also communities I care about. Quick follow-up on this before Mary jumps in. Um, you know that uh, Mary and I do a lot of coaching and leadership and communication development uh, for Hackensack Meridian Health. We run a physician leadership academy and our mutual friend and colleague, Linda McHugh, uh, talk to us about you and the, uh, such not just a strong leader, but a great communicator. So here's my question. Where do you believe the place is for leadership development, A, and B, connected to being more socially responsible as a corporate citizen? Complicated question, I know. Uh, the, thank you for it. It, it is complicated, uh, but in, in so many ways, it's simple. It, there, there's a level of doing what's right at the core of this uh, that needs to resonate across uh, any of this work that we do. You know, as leaders in healthcare, whether or not we are clinical leaders or administrative leaders, we always have the responsibility to pursue what we know is right. And sometimes that's a gut level instinct. Uh, you know, for every time I've had a patient, you know, engage with me, you know, they know what my intent is. Uh, you know, I may not necessarily get the words exactly right, uh, but they know a caring doctor when they see one. They know someone who's trying to help them uh, when they encounter it. And so, you know, as we try to bridge uh, leadership and social needs, you know, the physician who says to a patient, you know, it's really important to be to my appointments on time because there are a lot of people who I need to see. And when that patient replies like, well, yeah, well, the bus is late or like this happened, you know, being willing to make that extra step and show empathy to show understanding to that patient. Uh, and then also being willing to try to change the dynamic of the environment, which is something that Hackensack does really, does really, really well, making sure that it's not just like what they hear, but changing what's happening in the larger world you know, like that. Those are the steps. So interesting, Mary, as we listen to uh, Dr. Harris Collingsworth, being a really good leader has an awful lot to do with integrity, character, doing the right thing, treating people with compassion and empathy. It's not simply who makes the most money, who has the best bottom line. They, yeah, of course they matter because no money, no mission. I'll get off my soapbox, but it just triggered that in me. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, I, I would love to get your perspective in terms of hiring and recruiting. Um, obviously, we talk a lot about the great resignation, but especially in healthcare, the challenges were two and a half years uh, into COVID as we tape this, the end of April, 2022. What actively should our leaders be doing to attract and retain those people that you just talked about that have empathy and that really want to do good for others? 
One of the things that I know that we're very actively focusing on uh, is the notion of someone who is a natural helper. You know, who are the people who want to do this just built in uh, to who they are? Within the work that we do in social determinants, we ran into a real challenge uh, during the COVID period because everyone was looking for entry level workforce. Uh, and one of the values that we were able to bring to the table in addition to a match salary was really our ability to actually help people in their helping others in their own communities. That was really an attractive factor. And so as we're looking at you know, what leaders may need as they're going into industries, whether or not it's healthcare or any other, uh, it's a real affinity and care for the population of interest. Uh, we find that those are the individuals who are even more receptive to being further engaged both in their communities but also in their industries those are the people who are going to put in the extra hours you know to pay the extra attention to try to improve that process to make things better you know uh, mary knows that uh, i have a go-to question for every great leader that joins us on lessons in leadership i asked john Harmon in the previous segment um, and i ask all kinds of leaders this question but um because I'm a student of leadership, because I coach and teach and write about it and make tons of mistakes as a leader, I am fascinated by how people become the leaders they are, even though they continue to learn and grow. The greatest influence is on you to help you become the leader you are today. You know, I, I there, there are so many and, you know, I, I don't want to you know, dismiss parents and family, but I recall uh, being a young teen and ha having trying to help a friend of mine uh, who unfortunately uh, found herself to be a teen parent. And, you know, the way teenagers figure these things out is often among themselves without other ad adult resources. Uh, and there was this woman, Miss Smalls, who worked at a local health Ms. care Smalls? Clinic. Yes, Miss Smalls, uh, who worked at a local health care clinic. And, you know, I just, I was like, my friend needs help. And she's like, let me help her. And, and she did. But she's also like, you know, encouraged me like, like you could be good at this too. Cause like you found me to help her. And, you know, I, for me, that was like really a gateway into healthcare uh, because I was like, wow, like you can help people in ways where you're not necessarily a doctor at that time. And granted did that later on, but the idea of being able to be transformative in that work uh, you know, she was a clerk in a primary care office who got this young woman help, who effectively paved the way for me going into healthcare. So I'm ever so grateful for her. Miss Smalls. Mary, isn't it interesting that you never really know? And again, there are so many more influences on, on you, I'm sure. But Mary, we impact, others impact other people in ways that we never even know. Miss Smalls, I imagine. Well, I'm, I'm getting too philosophical. Go ahead, Mary. I know I got goosebumps. That's all I have to say. That's just a great story. Yeah. Uh, number one leadership lesson you've learned in the last two plus years as we do this program since COVID began on who the heck knows when officially March 2020. Biggest leadership lesson you've learned so far is? 
we all have to do the work and all of the work is important. Uh, there, there is there is no tearing in this work. Uh, you know, I am just as important as every other member of my team. Whatever has to be done, we are all responsible for doing it. So uh, during these two years, I've done everything from soup to nuts, uh, the executive stuff and, uh, you know, delivering food trays. Uh, we all have to do that work and, you know, that has been the most important thing, both not only to do it, but also to convey it, uh, to make sure that everyone's expectations are, adjust, are adjusted, that every member of this team is important, and we all have to do this work together. We cannot thank you enough for joining us on Lessons in Leadership. Uh, Dr. Nicole Harris-Hollingsworth, Vice President, Social Determinants of Health, uh, Population Health Administration at Hackensack Meridian Health, where uh, our company, Stand and Deliver, has been doing leadership development, executive coaching, particularly around communication skills. And we, you honor us by joining us. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you both so much. And do know that we are all huge fans. And so uh, we have leadership. We actually watch the videos that you guys have done with other leaders uh, and digest that ourselves to, to make our, us better leaders. So thank you. Yeah, along those lines, check out our website, uh, our past, right, Mary? Stand and deliver. Yep. Stand and deliver.com. All of our episodes are up there. Bob Garrett, the CEO, uh, Tim Hogan. Also, Linda McHugh joined us as yes. well. Linda was with Varga. us. Yeah. Dan Varga, the Amy, chief. Amy, I uh, believe, as well. Amy Who's Freeman. That? Amy Freeman. Amy Fre the chief wellness officer. Yes. Oh, give me 30 seconds on wellness, please. So we... You know, wellness is, is absolutely critical. You know, we have a number of what on our HMH website, we want to make sure that people are connected to, to resources. It's absolutely critical. Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. All the best to you and the team at HMH. All right. Be well. You got it. We'll be right back right after this. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. Uh, Mary, I want to follow up on something Nicole said. When I asked her that question, I, but I think people don't realize that even though we have scripted questions, I come out mm -hmm. of nowhere with some of these questions. But I am curious about role models. And I asked mm -hmm. her about uh, leadership role models. You talk, she talked about Miss Smalls. Mm -hmm. Do you think, whether it's Miss Smalls or anyone else, other than our parents, do you think that most people who influence other people to make the decisions they make, not just about the kind of leaders they're going to be, but their career path, et cetera, mm -hmm. do you think they know it when it's happening? I I, no, you definitely don't know it when it's happening. And I can't wait to ask that question of you and see who you're role model was other than parents, right? I mean, if you say, oh, who's your role model? It is always the parents. They really help you in your formative uh, years. And for me, you're gonna laugh. It was my janitor at my elementary school. His name is and was Mr. Dave. I am Mr. still- Mr. Dave? Mr. Dave, yeah, shout out to Mr. Dave. I'll be sure to share this with him because we still keep in touch with each other. And you wanna talk about craziness. I mean, you're talking, gosh, I mean, it was back in 1980. I mean, it was a lifetime ago. And he and I were just, we got very friendly. And I always, with my dad being a blue collar worker, I always just uh, just gravitated more toward the blue collar people in my life. And I saw the hard work and the hours, not to say that white collar workers don't put in a lot of time and leaders, but I just had that as my uh, example. And he and I- Example of what? Example of 
working hard and again going back to everyone as a leader and he really taught me you don't ever look down to anybody it could be the janitor it could be the ceo of a company and that's why people that left they're like oh you know you talk to you know phil murphy governor phil murphy and i'm like oh yeah like he's just a guy and if you see people first as a human being and then second as whatever title it helps you to just realize that we are all human beings at the core when you strip away titles and that's what Mr. Dave taught me at a very young age. So shout out to Mr. Dave at School 14 in Fords, New Jersey. Do you think Mr. Dave knows that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We've, we've joked about it over the years. And just, you know, like I said, I, we still keep in touch. And that goes to show you something. I mean, how many years ago was that? And it, I, I have definitely told him that he has definitely just helped me to realize the value of hard work and just everyone truly is equal no matter whether you're the principal of that school. I don't remember the principal's name. I don't remember hardly any of my teacher's names, but he made that impact Mr. on Dave. me. So, Mr. Dave, and how about you, Steve, other than your parents? Go ahead. We've never talked about this before. Hmm. Uh, well, again, it, it's very difficult. In terms of role models, it's challenging for me because I write about and talk about my father so much as such a dominant figure in my life, uh, good, bad, and a lot in between. But there have been so many people over the years when it comes to being role models for leaders. <clears throat> I would say that a lot of the authors that we've met, a lot of the experts on leadership, a lot of the people I've read, for example, this is going to sound weird. I never met Richard Carlson. I never met Dr. Richard Carlson, the author of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, which I've said many times. I'm sorry if you heard it a million times uh, for those of you watching. That's how Mary and I met. That's how Mary and I met because she was working at a hospital at the time and I was in that hospital and as a patient, she was a patient rep, I believe. Yeah. She saw the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Richard Carlson came out in the 90s, maybe it was 95, I'm not sure. Carlson, that book, I've, I've written, there's nothing left, there's no space left there. Now, why do I say that? <laughs> Never met him, but I kept, trying to understand how he saw the world and the small stuff. And what's, and then he wrote another book called What About the Big Stuff? Now, Mary and I are writing a book called What About the Tough Stuff, right? Translation, a lot of the influences on me have been scholars, authors, people who I've never really met. And one of them, Ken Blanchard, right? We met, check out Lessons in Leadership. He both wrote this book, but he also wrote so many others. It's a long-winded way of saying to you, Mary, I've been influenced by a lot of bigger thinkers than me. Mm -hmm. People who, John Maxwell. Yeah. So many of these people, look at this. Attitude is everything. You think I made that? that we actually have a chapter in Lessons in Leadership, the book called Attitude is Everything. I stole it from Keith Harrell, yes. the late Keith Harrell. Meaning these are people I read and I go, wait a minute, I can write my own book because they did and is making any sense to you it totally makes sense it definitely does and i think that's the thing it could be somebody it could just be somebody that you ran into at starbucks one day and that it could be somebody that smiled at you or you know you're digging for change and they're like i've got your order and those people to me uh the everyday heroes the people that just you know let you in i mean in new jersey especially if you're at a four-way stop sign and somebody says no you go i'm like wow like that was a really nice guy so it's yeah. all those people that impact you on a daily basis. Hey, let's do this. I'm going to show you something. Look at this. 
did you take that off your wall in the other room? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. That has to get back up there for the taping next week. Okay. Grit. It's a noun made up of hustle, passion, and perseverance. Good. Mary, close the show with grit. Where's oh it come from? Where's it come from? Where does yours come from? Oh, it comes from that definitely comes from both of my parents. Uh, they worked so hard. They uh, provided us with everything that we needed and more so that um, nothing is handed to you. Everything needs to be worked for. And that is to me grit. And if you get knocked down, you get back up. And I hope that I am doing the same for my kids for the most part and letting them fall on their face so then they can learn how to pick themselves back up. Hey, listen, we don't have time to do this, but the great Vince Lombardi, the coach, I took everything off the walls. I see that. <laughs> We'll talk Is about it, that in the next segment. Elvin says we have to say goodbye. All right, got, Vince Lombardi, Elvin. later. Elvin said enough of the grit. Nobody cares. He said goodbye. Stop with the grit. Thank you, Elvin. Thank you, Scarlett. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mary. Lessons in Leadership. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bicino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Kessler Foundation, Veolia, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Most people don't think about where their water comes from, but we do. Veolia more than water, resourcing the world.